Studios. 40 years and 80,000 families. Trust your home to the B. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel and the all-new MNC Nation. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. We've got a lot to get to today. We're going to start off with this bizarre lab, Chinese lab, maybe not Chinese lab, but kind of a Chinese lab. What kind of a lab is it that was found in California? Very weird story. And while they have covered it on the news, I don't think that they're giving it the proper attention. This is my personal opinion on it, so we'll break it down for you. There's some questions that I can answer for you today that we could not answer a couple of days ago when the story broke. A bunch of people over the weekend were like, yo! They found a Chinese lab in California. And so I look at it, and first thing I'm thinking of is, is it really a Chinese lab? And, well, we have some answers on that, and it's I think it's going to freak you out. But when you pair that with another Chinese story that I have today, uh, it starts to make a little bit more sense, which is why I think the news media is not doing anybody any favors by not making this the wall-to-wall primary story of the day. I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City. Go to rbcarcompany.com to learn more. Okay, so let's let's roll through this. Now, I want you to know I've got five articles in front of me, and the reason I have five articles in front of me is I'm going to go over this. Well, I should say four articles and then the actual company information. Okay, let's put it that way. And the reason I'm doing that is because it's going to... We're going to slowly kind of answer some questions here. So for those of you who do not know, there was an illegal lab that was found in California. Now, this is basically an abandoned building, and people were operating an illegal laboratory inside of this abandoned building. The only reason that we know about it is code enforcement saw a hose coming out of a hole in a wall. Okay, there's no hose bib. There was a hose that was like like somebody had taken a hole saw drilled through the wall and they put a hose through it so the code enforcement person saw that and said that's not right and did a little investigating and wouldn't you know it they found an entire like bio lab inside of this abandoned building in reedley california so this is in fresno county uh, which reminds me i should probably reach out to a friend of mine in fresno (laughs) i should probably do that i haven't had time So this is, it's a bizarre story if you haven't seen this or heard this. This is the Federalist Papers. We'll start there. It sounds like something out of a science fiction movie. In the Fresno County, California city of Reedley, officials are saying that a building that was supposed to be abandoned was instead home to roughly a thousand bioengineered mice, human blood, and biohazardous chemicals. Oh, it gets worse. Not only that, but KSEE-TV... Now, what affiliate are they? Let me find out. Because you have to do a lot of jumping around here to kind of get the the official word and that sort of thing. Well, okay, why is this? CBS. Okay, they're a CBS affiliate. A lot of the stations in California do weird stuff, so it's like... Some of them don't look like real news outlets, and you got to kind of jump around and, and figure it out. So anyway, so again, human blood, biohazardous chemicals, a thousand bioengineered mice. But like I said, it does it gets worse. KSEE TV reports that, as per court documents, officials for the Center for Disease Control and Prevention found at least 20, 20 potentially infectious viral, bacterial, and parasitic agents, including, but not limited to. E. coli, malaria, 
and COVID. This is an unusual situation. I've been in government for 25 years. I've never seen anything like this, says the Reedley City Manager, Nicole Ziba. This was an oft-echoed statement. I've never seen this in my 26-year career with the County of Fresno, says Joe Prada, the Assistant Director for the Fresno County Department of Public Health. Speaking to Mid-Valley Times, uh, Prado said, 26 years with the County of Fresno, and I've never come across this situation, nor have I ever heard of my counterparts dealing with a situation like this. The investigation began in March when Reedley Code Enforcement officers looked into a warehouse with a garden hose that was attached illegally. Now, the way that the news media has been kind of like writing that, like, oh yeah, there's this garden hose that was attached. Like, it makes people kind of seem like, was somebody just, I don't know, running a garden hose through a window? Or was it hooked up to a hose bib? Or what was weird about it? No, there was a hole in the wall that was the exact diameter of the garden hose. And the garden hose was like through the hole in the wall. It was completely out of place. So for those of you who are wondering, like, why would that be a red flag? When you see the picture of it, it's a red flag. It doesn't look like it belongs there. It was pretty clear right off the bat that something was going on. We didn't have a business license for, Zeba said. They didn't have any city approvals. That building was supposed to be vacant. Okay. For the record, this all has ties to my hometown. <laughs> we're in we're in Reedley, California right now. We will, we will border hop a couple of times here. Okay? So you're going to have to bear with me. This is a crazy story. Officers left the property due to the lack of a warrant, but with the garden hose and a number of building code violations led to officers eventually putting unsafe-to-occupy signs around the property and issuing an order for the people who are occupying it to leave. So, you're code enforcement. You're driving around doing whatever. You notice a weird hose sticking out of a wall of a building, and you're like, "What? well, what's going on there? You start looking at it, find out that's a vacant building, yet there's people inside of a vacant building. And then you look in there, and you find out that there's a lab in there, but there's nothing you can do, nothing you can do, because you didn't have a warrant. So now you have to get creative in order to find code violations for the building itself in order to put the unsafe to occupy signs up there in order to kick the people who have an illegal bio lab inside of an abandoned building inside of Reedley, California. That's the only way that they could get them out. Again, further proof, government screws everything up. Initially, the Fresno County Department of Public Health was investigating the case But in the end, the CDC and the FBI and numerous state agencies became involved. You'll understand why. I mean, the COVID stuff and the malaria stuff and everything else, that's that's bad enough. But you'll understand why the FBI ends up getting involved here. And it's not just because this is a federal type case. It, It actually ends up dealing with China. We'll get to that here in a minute. What they found was genuinely shocking. According to court documents, the Mid Valley Times reported investigators discovered that one room of the warehouse was used to produce COVID-19 and pregnancy tests. They were manufacturing COVID and pregnancy tests. (laughs) In other rooms, investigators found blood, tissue, and other bodily fluid samples. They also found thousands of vials that contained, quote, unlabeled fluids. And then they found the mice. It was just under a thousand mice <clears throat> they had they had to euthanize about 773 they said 178 of them were already dead now the company that moved equipment into the warehouse was identified as a nevada-based firm prestige biotech inc okay so we've got a company we can look at their business records we can look at all sorts of things and i got it gets weird 
It's already odd, but it gets even more <laughs> weird, folks. And so for some of you over the weekend who had some questions like, is this a Chinese-funded lab? We probably have some answers to that coming up in just a couple of minutes. I'm Casey Hendrickson. You're listening to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning out. Tuning out. It must be Monday. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. We'll get back to this Chinese lab story in a minute. I don't know if you heard the news story that Amelia was telling you about a little bit earlier today. Uh, some of you choose to get your vegetables in cans of soup, and that may not be the best way to do it. What, what's in the can? Of, bugs this time, right? And then the other thing had rocks. You know... If you don't want to eat bugs or rocks and and you don't really want to deal with that, eating your vegetables, just go to balanceofnature.com. You can go ahead and get 31 real fruits, real vegetables right there as a part of your normal diet. Get all the recommended fruits and veggies you're supposed to get every single day that most of us don't get. And all you got to do is take three capsules of each one. That's it. Just take them earlier in the day. Don't recommend taking them after lunch because it gives people energy and know that you'd be bouncing off of the walls all night. But take them earlier in the day. Get the vitamins and the nutrients and everything else from fruits and veggies. This is real food. It's not just something that was concocted in a lab. It's real food that's grown, harvested, all that stuff. Flash frozen, ground up, powderized, put into capsules. Go to balanceofnature.com, promo code Laura. You'll save 35% on your first order. Again, that's balanceofnature.com, promo code Laura, L-A-U-R-A. All right, so Chinese lab. The company that moved equipment into the warehouse that was found in California was identified as a Nevada-based firm, Prestige Biotech, Inc. Wang Zhaolin was the Prestige representative on the site. He told investigators that, quote, these mice were genetically engineered to catch and carry the COVID-19 virus. I don't know how much you know about history and diseases and stuff, but, boy, there is... um, one or two illnesses that caused massive, catastrophic pandemonium that were carried by rodents. Just uh, something to throw out there. The mice investigators say were housed under inhumane conditions. However, an email exchange between Prado and David He, who was allegedly a representative for the company, went nowhere. The exchange, which began on May 31st and ended on June 13th, Prado asked for documentation involving why the company was storing infectious agents, whether it was disposing medical waste via licensed firm, and how it would respond to orders from the city. They, meaning Prestige Biotech, completely avoided the questions, Prado said. This individual, he, that's that's his name, he, was either unaware or was intentionally trying to mislead us. Okay. So, where does that leave us right now, just in the first article here? Well, we've got an illegal lab that is owned by a company based in Nevada, but the lab is operating illegally in California, in Fresno County, at an abandoned building. They don't have the proper license in place. They're not cooperating with the investigators. They're ignoring all questions. There were infectious agents inside the lab. They were manufacturing COVID and pregnancy tests, and they genetically modified about 1,000 mice to get and carry COVID. Yeah, a little concerning, don't you think? Okie dokie. Let's move on to the next 
article in Ars Technica. Officials buzzed illegal lab containing 20 infectious agents. Oh boy. 20. Okay? COVID is one, HIV is another, and herpes is another. Every article we go through, there's like different things that were discovered at this lab. According to court documents obtained by NBC News, city officials inspected the warehouse located in Reedley, southeast of Fresno. On March 3rd, county health officials then inspected the facility on March 16th. What they found reportedly shocked them. This is an unusual situation. I've been in government for 25 years, never seen anything like this. That's the city manager, Nicole Ziba, which we told you about earlier. Um, there were rooms with vessels of liquid and various apparatus. Fresno County Public Health staff also observed blood, tissue, and other bodily fluid samples and serums and thousands of vials of unlabeled fluids and unspecified biological material. Uh, according to the court documents, mice were kept in inhumane conditions. And let's see, a criminal investigation is ongoing. The tenant of the warehouse is listed as Prestige Biotech. And again, they are a firm in Nevada. But the main reason for the Ars Technica article is they also had not just COVID, but HIV and herpes. Okay, uh, let's go to the California Globe. Mysterious uh, COVID lab uncovered in the city of Reedley, California. All right. Why would a COVID lab run by a shady Chinese company be operating in Reedley, California in the central San Joaquin Valley. The lab, which was supposed to be an empty building, was discovered by Ridley City Code Enforcement officers when, again, they saw the garden hose thing. Darren Frazier at the Mid-Valley Times reported earlier this week that the building has been illegally operated since October of 2022 by Wang Zhaolin of Prestige Biotech, and the lab was used to produce COVID-19 tests and pregnancy tests, as well as, again, some other stuff. Um, What else do we have here? <clears throat> Some of this stuff is just a re- rerun, and I don't really need to tell you some of it. So here's a few questions that were listed in the California Globe. Uh, why was a Chinese company making COVID-19 tests in California? Where were tests uh, these tests to be used? Were they to be used by California public health agencies, medical groups, and hospitals, etc.? Is the California Department of Public Health involved, and who authorized the lab? Now, again, we don't have a lot of this stuff, so some of the other things that we know that are um, in the viral agents, chlamydia, E. coli, strep, hepatitis B and C, herpes 1 and 5, and rubella. They also found samples of malaria, which we mentioned earlier. Court documents identify um, Jaquin Yao, and again, I probably butchered that. No, I guarantee you I butchered that. As the alleged president of Prestige, neither Reedley nor the FCDPH was able to obtain from Yao any substantive information regarding Prestige Biotech or why infectious agents and mice were being stored at 850 I Street, other than to say that the company was developing diagnostic testing kits. Now, again, the cover story appears to be they were developing testing kits, and so they were infecting these mice with these agents in order to see if the testing kit would detect the virus in the mice. That's the cover story. I don't know why we need all of these testing kits for these various illnesses. Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense considering we already have tests for them, but I digress. In February of 2021, about the, uh, let's see, as reported, sorry, this is California Globe, as we reported in February 2021 about the thousands of inconclusive test results coming out of Governor Gasman Newsom's $100 million COVID-19 testing lab with a $1.7 billion contract with Perkin Elmer. 
Is anything about the COVID-19 virus true, or is this the biggest political manipulation this country has ever seen? So the California Globe is basically tying this to other cases where they found these bogus testing kits that the government was paying for and wondering if maybe this has something to do with that. Okay, let's um, let's go over to Not the Beat. An illegal Fresno County laboratory in a dirty warehouse just got raided and shut down by the feds. Usually when you hear a statement like that, you think it must have been drugs, fentanyl, meth, some other designer drug, but this was different. They were experimenting with multiple infectious diseases on rats, including coronavirus, HIV, hepatitis, and herpes. Let's not forget about the clap. Uh, so they go through the same old stuff that, that we have. They did publish some photos, so you can actually kind of see some of the stuff that's in there. And again, there's like thousands of vials of material that are not labeled. We have no idea... Uh, what it is. The equipment actually belonged to a now long defunct company called Universal Meditech. And uh, Prestige Biotech had taken possession of it as a creditor after bankruptcy. There's more to this. Wait, wait till we dive into the business records. Boy, it gets a little stranger. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC, MNC News Time. 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. 40 years and 80,000 families. Trust your home to the B. Casey Hendrickson. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Wow, I just can't say anything right today. Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. also want to thank the all-new MNC Nation. Got to tell you about Spencer's Soft Water. So if you're looking to get a water softening system for your home, then you should contact Spencer's Soft Water. Veteran-owned company in Granger, Indiana. Did a great job for my house. Again, they'll come on out. They'll do a free water assessment. Takes about 10, 15 minutes. They'll tell you what's going on with your water in your home, and then they'll also make their recommendations for you, your family, and your water usage. And it's all based on, again, how much water you're actually using and that sort of thing. So your system will vary depending on your household. So they went ahead, they did the assessment of mine. I knew that I wanted soft water because I was putting new appliances in, and our water was really, really hard. I wasn't sure if I was going to get a water purification system. I was leaning that way because I hate bottles of water everywhere. And when I actually saw the price, I was like, just do it. Just hook the thing up. It, it got clean water coming out of the faucet. I got clean water coming out of the refrigerator now. The kids are drinking way more water than before. Everybody's more hydrated. Everybody's happier. The coffee tastes better. Everything tastes better. And it feels better, too. You don't have that uh, soap scum everywhere, and you don't have uh, calcium deposits in the buildup all over your faucets and everything. It's a huge upgrade for us. Go to spencerswater.com. Let them know that I sent you. Spencerswater.com. Again, free water assessment. Takes 10, 15 minutes. Okay. So real quick, and then we're going to head into the other story about China that I think kind of ties in with this weird bio lab that was discovered in California. Um, now, I don't have... There's some people on the live stream have some very good questions. you got a bunch of refrigerators and stuff like that happening in this abandoned building. Uh, what's the power situation like? That I don't know. I don't know if they were running generators or, or how they were providing power there because it's a fair point that if power is, you know, operating all of this equipment and this is on the grids and how how is it that the city officials did not know it was happening? It's a I think that that is a fair point. That is an absolutely fair point. So here's what we know: uh, Prestige Biotech Inc. is based in Nevada, specifically Las Vegas, my hometown. So. <clears throat> um, when you look at the 
business information for company contacts, Zhao Quinn Yao is the director, okay, and the president of the company. That's like honcho guy, okay? They there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, was it uh 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So there's like 14 contacts for him and four contacts for Shaolin Wang. Now, Shaolin Wang is an accountant who is based in Chinatown in Las Vegas. And he looks, frankly, he looks like every stereotypical Chinese spy that you would ever assume. You know, old old guy, just kind of the old style uh, photography and everything else. Now, Zhao Quin Yao, don't know much about him. But a lot of these addresses that are listed as his position or his uh, his contact address, because he's got them on Flamingo, on Valley View, on Charleston. And I know that that doesn't mean much to any of you guys. Those are all major streets throughout the city. Some are close to Chinatown and others are not. One of them is a residential house. The others are businesses, which could be mailboxes. Um, I looked at a couple of the street views on a couple of them, and I couldn't see any kind of a postal service sort of a thing. So I I don't know exactly what's happening here, but there's numerous addresses listed for this individual. Now, the registered agent for the company is Barry Zhang and CPA and Associates, which are located on Wynn Road. And that is, again, where you're um, you're starting to run into just... It's weird stuff, the way that this is all organized. So many addresses for the same people doesn't pass the smell test. Uh, The fact that this thing went on for so long without getting caught really should be concerning. But then there's this other thing here. I don't know if you noticed, but over the weekend, again, another huge story broke with the Defense Department. In a significant security development, U.S. officials are currently engaged in an intensive search for malware believed to have been implanted by Chinese hackers into the critical American infrastructure. The malware's purpose, according to authorities, is to disrupt U.S. military operations in the event of an attack on Taiwan by the communist nation. The infiltration of the malicious computer code occurred well over a year ago, but it was only detected by Microsoft back in May. Now, operating under the assumption that this is a true story and that this isn't, you know, a psyop, you got a weird bio lab that is clearly tied. It's tied to Chinese individuals. Okay, to what extent China is involved, we don't yet know, but we do know that the Chinese operate these secret entities in the United States. We know that they operate these uh, secret police uh, uh, police offices in the United States. It would make sense that this company would be tied to China, okay? I have to stop, as my responsibility as a host, I have to stop just short of telling you definitively that it is. What I can tell you are the individuals involved are all Chinese, That's what I can tell you. The lab is illegal. The lab was dealing with infectious pathogens, many of which are considered to be, um, you know, potential scary bioweapons in the future. There doesn't appear to be any real purpose to conducting this research because it doesn't seem to pass the smell test at all that they would be developing testing kits for all of these agents because we already have testing kits for all of these agents. So it doesn't make sense that that would be their business. So why are they doing this in secret and really kind of, cobbling together this secret lab. This is what spy cells, terrorist cells, things like that do. Okay, It's not what a biotech firm that is regulated by the federal government does. It, none, of this, none of this passes the smell test. But I can't definitively tell you 
that the Chinese Communist Party is overseeing that operation because we haven't seen that connection yet. But if, if you read between the lines, I think most of you are going to be able to jump to that conclusion, and, and that would be certainly understandable. Then you have this story here, and if this story is true as well, then you've got the Chinese Communist Party implanting malware in our defense, defense infrastructure to prevent an attack on Taiwan while simultaneously doing something weird with rodents and genetically engineering them to catch and spread COVID, which... <laughs> You set the mice loose, right? You set the rodent population out. Next thing you know, in the middle of an attack on Taiwan, there's a, a an outbreak of a bunch of different diseases in the United States. Uh, you know, it could cause chaos. It could be a way to, to get us distracted until they take Taiwan. Uh, remember, their goal is going to be very similar to what the Soviet Union's goal was during the Cold War. They have to take Europe before we get mobilized. If we get mobilized, the Soviets knew that they were done for. So the goal was to sweep across Europe as fast as possible, capture England before we could mobilize into Iceland and Greenland. And that was their only chance. They were hoping that they could solidify Europe before the United States geared up for war. And that if the United States was not able to repel an invasion of Europe, then the United States just wouldn't get involved. We'd be like, all right, well, Europe had a good run, but Europe's gone. I believe that China has a very similar strategy. They have to take Taiwan fast before we mobilize. And if they can do that, their hope is that we don't get involved. Because China knows if we do get involved, they're toast. They know that. So it's all about speed. So if you can cause chaos, we remember we talked about the whole, uh, there's a bunch of Chinese spies inside the United States to run around and, and hit train tracks and stuff like that. We've arrested several of them. But the whole goal is to just cause disruptions behind behind our lines and that sort of thing. So that way we're all focused on stuff over here while that is happening over there. I mean, one of those could theoretically be a you know, massive outbreak of disease. I'm not saying definitively that that's what happened, but it's certainly something that has to be wargamed out. And, and I'm sure that they do, but you have to at least look at this lab in context with what we're dealing with with software here. Everything is designed to slow us down. And look, even the America-hating people out there have to understand this basic fact. Nobody can actually go toe-to-toe -to -toe with us if we choose to actually fight a war. That's just a statistical, factual reality. If we choose to actually fight a war, not do this low-intensity conflict stuff... But if we actually chose to fight a war, there isn't anybody who can hold up to us for any length of time. And everybody knows that. So the goal is to act as fast as possible and turn public opinion against us. So when we do these things because we value civilian lives, um, oftentimes our own propaganda, because we inevitably have uh, hate America first voters and things like that in the United States, that will inevitably make a big issue of it. The whole point is to just take away the will to fight because people don't want to get involved because it's bad and that sort of thing, or to do it very fast before we get mobilized and hope that we just decide not to. So very interesting stuff going on, but pay attention to this Chinese lab store because I think it's a very, very big story and it really isn't, it's getting attention, don't get me wrong, it's getting attention because it's odd, but the fact that it's not the leading story every single day is bizarre and crazy to me. Because it's a way bigger, I know, it's a way bigger story than even Hunter Biden, guys. But we're not, we're not having it treated that way. All right, we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. Okay, tell you about five-star painting. If you are 
a homeowner or if you are a commercial business and you're looking to get some painting services done, maybe some wallpaper installation or garage floors, pressure washing, all of that stuff, they do much of that. Well, not much. They do all of that and more is what I meant to say, Uh, including kitchen cabinets. If you want to do some kitchen cabinet refinishing, they do that as well. Go to fivestarpainting.com. They painted the exterior of my home, had a great experience with them. I've raved about them for, I don't know, about a year now, and they've been fantastic. Uh, If you have that horrendous popcorn ceiling, they can remove that for you. Real easy, uh, simple process to do. It's just messy and gross, and most people don't like actually handling it. So have the professionals come out and take care of it. If you are commercial, they will do education centers, gyms, um, any any type of like office or industrial, even medical facilities. They will do all of that. Go to fivestarpainting.com. Mention me. You'll get free paint with your next project. Again, that's fivestarpainting.com. Okay. I saw a story about them finding a 46,000-year-old thing in the permafrost in Siberia. And I was like, okay, cool. I saw a bunch of stories that said that. What I didn't realize until I actually read the story is that we were talking about a 46,000-year-old worm that was frozen in the Siberian permafrost. And they brought the dang thing back to life. And when the worm uh, thawed out and came back to life, wouldn't you know it, Amelia, the thing had babies. Let me say this again. A 46,000-year-old worm that was frozen in Siberia got thawed out, woke up, and then immediately went into labor and had babies. Small worms like this are known to have the ability to shut down biological function to survive. So, yeah, um, that's like nightmare inducing. They revived the worm. The worm started having babies via a process called uh, parthenogenesis, which does not require a mate. According to a press release, the worm spent thousands of years in a type of dormancy. In that state, which can last almost indefinitely, all metabolic processes pause, including reproductive development and repair so this thing just uh, thought out and said all right cool there's no more of me out here i'm just gonna start you know popping out a bunch of these babies i um i don't like this i mean how many horror movies have we seen that end in this this way i mean this is not a good idea at all um i don't know how many they kept around i don't know how many babies the stupid thing had but this yeah this is um, slightly concerning. More concerning than secret Chinese biolabs inside the United States, if you ask me, because who knows? There has to be a reason that the worm woke up and said, all right, I need to make more of me right now, right? There has to be some kind of a sixth sense that that thing just knew it had to reproduce right now because there weren't any more of these things around. I don't know. It just um, seems predatory in a way. Could be wrong. Suppose we'll find out. Don't be surprised if we see some Manchurian candidates in the near future. We were just having at the Horde meetup, we were talking about Venom and the whole alien thing that's going on right now and the symbiotic relationship of some creatures. Just makes you makes you wonder. There are worms out there, folks, that will take over living organisms. I'm not saying this is one of them. I just sure wish they would have burned the whole lab down. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> All right, we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. Don't forget, you can watch the show live right now. Rumble.com slash Casey the Host. Rumble.com slash Casey the Host. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And while you're watching, if you could do me a big solid favor, just hit that thumbs up button on Rumble. I would appreciate it. Got more coming up. 40 years and 80,000 families. Trust your home to the B. Casey Hendrickson.
Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company? If you're looking for an upgrade, go to rbcarcompany.com. Let them know I sent you. All right. There is a new term for climate change. They have tried several different terms. Uh, First of all, climate change used to be what those of us who are climate realists said when they would say global warming. We go, no, the climate changes all the time is climate change. And then they started saying climate change because the climate always changes. And then they just say that it's, it's directly due to warming, even if things are getting colder. So the new term that they are using is global boiling. So there you go. Global boiling. That is the new fear-mongering term of the day. All right, let's talk about the University of Notre Dame. The University of Notre Dame is, well, not the university per se, but a professor at the University of Notre Dame is doing what leftist professors do, and that is not adhere to uh, the Constitution at all. The University of Notre Dame professor has filed a defamation lawsuit against a student-run publication over news coverage of her abortion rights work. Now, I am waiting, ladies and gentlemen, for all of the leftists out there who said that it was an attack on the First Amendment and the attack on free press when Trump threatened to sue anybody who wrote a false article about him. I'm waiting for all of those people to come out here and defend the student reporter here against Professor Tamara or Tamara Kay. I'm waiting for that. I haven't seen it pop up yet, but I am desperately waiting for the same people to make that same point. This is an article in the Associated Press. The Associated Press wrote articles about how Trump himself, threatening to sue publications who wrote false articles about him, lied about him in their publications, that that was an attack on freedom of speech. And yet the AP does not make that case in this article here about the student reporter. Uh, So we'll get to that here in just a second. The case is raising questions about press freedom and academic freedom at one of the nation's preeminent Catholic universities. Tamara Kay's suit filed in May alleges falsehoods in two articles published by the Irish Rover in the past academic year. The Rover defended its reporting as true in a motion filed earlier this month to dismiss the case. I'll read from that in a bit. Um, Under a law meant to protect people from frivolous lawsuits over matters of public concern. Kay, a professor of global affairs and sociology, asked for unspecified punitive damages after she, quote, has been harassed, threatened, and experienced damage to her residential property and continues to experience mental anguish because of the two articles. Okay, let me just ask you this question. I'm not calling this woman a liar. I'm just asking a question. Okay, If somebody wrote an article about a professor at Notre Dame in which they pointed out that a professor at a Catholic university was supporting abortion, which is against the Catholic faith. Do you have any reasonable confidence that that professor would be harassed endlessly and that their property would be damaged by students of the University of Notre Dame? Any of you really buy that, considering the University of Notre Dame as it stands now, as a not conservative or even oftentimes religious institution? Just ask. I find it difficult to believe. I have no way of knowing if this woman is telling the truth or not. I'm just, I find it difficult to believe. Published in October and March after public events in which Kay participated, the articles cover her remarks about her support for abortion rights. The lawsuit alleges that the articles contain false and defamatory information, arguing that they misinterpreted a sign on her door 
about helping students access health care and denying two quotes about academic freedom and her work at a Catholic institution. She says the note on my door referenced sexual assault and the inadequate resources and support for student survivors at Notre Dame. That's what she told the Associated Press in an email. She also added that she had asked the Rover faculty advisors to retract or correct the story and that Notre Dame officials refused to intervene on her behalf. Probably because, again, you're dealing with a student newspaper and, yeah, well, the university shouldn't be intervening. Right. That's, folks, shockingly, the University of Notre Dame took the right position here. Whoa, weird. University of Notre Dame is like, well, I mean, you have a right to say what you have to say and they have a right to write an article about it, so we're out. Shockingly, Notre Dame stayed out of it. All of this is utterly devastating, Kay said. She said her public writing and public speech are all fair game for reporting and critique as long as that reporting is accurate. It has not been. Like I said, where are everybody out there who are making the same arguments um, against Trump? Where are they making that same point here against her? I'm just throwing that throwing that out there. And for the record, I think that if a newspaper does uh, knowingly lie about you, that you should be able to sue them. You better be able to prove it. Uh, what else do we have? Notre Dame's Office of Media Relations did not answer repeated requests for comment from the AP. Neither did Kay's attorney in the lawsuit. In the motion filed under Indiana's anti-slap uh, law, that's the strategic lawsuits against public participation, the Irish Rover argued that as an independent nonprofit student publication devoted to preserving the Catholic identity of Notre Dame, its coverage of a Notre Dame professor's public statements and actions about abortion qualify under the law's public interest and free speech criteria. By the way, I really want the uh, editor-in-chief on the program. Uh, so if anybody knows W. Joseph DeRule, I, Ru, Ruil, I hope I got that correct, I would like to interview him about his stories here. Uh, the motion added that these stories were at least substantially true and did not contain defamatory imp- imputation. Exhibits include a transcript of the March event, and since deleted tweets by Kay last fall, referring Notre Dame colleagues to websites with information where to find abortion providers and how to procure abortion pills. Huh, why is she deleting tweets? If the story is so false, why is she deleting tweets? Especially since the story covered the tweets that she's now deleted. Why is she Why is she removing all... It's almost as if she did something, got called out on it, and was like, uh-oh, I made a boo-boo. And now she doesn't like that she's being exposed. The targeted advocacy, just as Indiana's abortion ban first went briefly into effect, motivated Notre Dame student W. Joseph uh, DeRule. It's D-E-R-E-U-I-L. DeRule? He's 21 years old. See comment from Kay and write a news story, he told the AP. Uh, He's also the Rover's editor-in-chief during the last academic year and said that he is a practicing Catholic and believes the church's teachings that life started conception and thus abortion is intentional killing. I do wish at times that, I guess, Notre Dame would take as an institution a stronger stance in favor of the Catholic position on some of these issues, he said. I agree. I agree. And I'm not even Catholic. So uh, they wrote an article about this this month by the staff of the Irish Rover. We will not be silenced. The Rover faces a baseless lawsuit from a Notre Dame professor. I'm going to read from that article. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, and the all-new MNC Nation. Let's say you're a college professor. Oh, I don't know, at a Catholic university. An enterprising student reporter writes an article about... 
your pro-abortion stance, even though you work for a Catholic university. And Well, you realize that you're kind of exposed now. So, I don't know, you throw things all over your office. Maybe you, you throw a couple of things down the hallway. You're going to need somebody to clean that up. That's where Clean Industrial Office comes in. Clean Industrial Office can clean up the mess that you make. Doesn't matter what type of a commercial environment it is, Clean Industrial Office can get the job done. They'll get it done the right way. Don't hire another bad cleaning company. There's a lot of people out there who claim to be cleaning companies, but they don't do a very good job. Clean Industrial Office, they will do it right. They will do it right every single time. God forbid they ever mess something up. They will come back the same day. They will fix it. They'll even bring you donuts as an apology. Go to cleanindustrialoffice.com. Let them know that I sent you. So we're talking about this uh, this story in the Associated Press. <laughs> they're covering they're covering the Irish Rover doing an article about a Notre Dame professor being pro-abortion, which, by the way, is not an unusual thing at the University of Notre Dame. But but they wrote an article about it, and they included some tweets and stuff like that that the professor seems to be deleting. Very strange that the professor is deleting tweets while simultaneously claiming that the the Rover is lying about her. Very strange indeed. By the way, kudos to the University of Notre Dame up to this point, at least, and staying out of this fight. So she's filed a lawsuit. Um, now, earlier this month on the 11th, the Irish Rover published an article from the staff says, uh, we will not be silenced. Since 2003, the Irish Rover's mission has been to defend the Catholic faith and honorable traditions of the University of Notre Dame. As such, the Rover unequivocally supports the university's commitment to the dignity of every human life from conception to natural death. In the October 12, 2022 edition of the Irish Rover, uh, W. Joseph DeRule, and again, I, he he and I just followed each other on Twitter. I want to get him on the show. And I, uh, if you can, shoot me a message. Make sure I say your name properly. I don't want to keep screwing it up. Who was then editor-in-chief, reported on Professor Kay's promotion of abortion access that fall. The report relied upon Kay's public statements, including her presentation at a university-sponsored lecture, as well as an interview conducted by DeRule himself. Aside from the comments drawn from the interview, the facts reported in the article were already matters of public record. Nonetheless, Professor Kay responded to the article's publication by backtracking and denying that she had made the statements recorded by the rover. The day after the article was published, Professor Kay took shots at the rover in the course of tweeting about more sympathetic coverage of her abortion advocacy in a student-run magazine, Scholastic. She tweeted that, unlike the rover, Scholastic doesn't, quote, publish lies. The left always does this nonsense. This really isn't a left or right issue, but the left always does this nonsense. They will say something, they get caught saying it, and then they accuse the people who report on them saying it of making things up or lying. They do it to me. They do it to Clifton French at realnewsmichiana.com. They do it to libs of TikTok and and Hyarichik. Even even though all we do is tell you what they said and just point out how utterly stupid it is. Professor K continued, oh, and very important, a fantastic journalist actually, wait for it, interviewed me for the piece and quoted me accurately, unlike the other for which there was absolutely no interview. Okay. The implication that the rover had never interviewed Professor K is demonstrably false. The rover has a recording of the conversation in which Jarrell introduced himself as Joe DeRule. Uh, or rule, sorry, the editor of the Irish Rover before asking Professor K questions about her position on abortion. I mean, Amelia, you're a young journalist. Um, when you identify yourself as young journalist and you record a conversation with somebody when you interview them, I mean, that's an interview, right? Okay. Just, the standard hasn't changed. Uh, 
<laughs> Just making sure. Hours after the tweets mentioned above, Professor K again tweeted about the rover. It's not affiliated with Notre Dame. It's not a student publication. Has no journalistic standards. Holds no ethics. By the way, those are all good things. If you don't have journalistic standards these days, thumbs up. Okay, that means you actually do your job. Is run by faculty advisors who promote bigotry and connect students to national orgs that promote hate. Oh, okay. You know what I find interesting about this? So, again, first of all, for me, one of the biggest things here, just to point out the hypocrisy, is that the Associated Press wrote an article about this. The Associated Press did not make the case that Professor K is attacking the First Amendment, which every single news agency, including the Associated Press, did when Trump said, look, you publish a false story about me, I'm going to sue you. (gasps) You can't do that. Freedom of the press. They can write whatever they want about you. No, you can't. Now, she's accusing the rover of lying about her and therefore publishing defamatory statements and causing her to be physically harmed or her property be physically harmed as a result of those lies. Now, if that were the case, then I would support a lawsuit. However, the rover says they've got they've got proof in the tweets. They've got the transcripts of her public statements. And they interviewed her and asked her questions of which she said they didn't. So now, if the rover has that, she's now made defamatory statements about them. She's also made defamatory statements about them by basically saying that the rover promotes hate speech and hate and that they're connected to national organizations that do the same thing. I mean, if I were the rover, I would be countersuing. (laughs) That's just me. Uh, Then discrediting her own baseless charges, Professor K confessed, my colleagues gave me the Cliff Notes version of the article about her advocacy because I don't read the rover. Oh, so she's claiming that the rover lied about her, but she didn't even read the article. And then she admitted that she didn't even read the article that she claimed was lying about her. Yeah, that's that's par for the course for a leftist professor in 2023. The rover, for its part, continued to cover this unfolding story when she spoke about her support of abortion rights on college uh, to college Democrats on March 7th. The rover reported on that content of her lecture in the following issue. Okay, so in January, a GoFundMe page was started to benefit Professor K and assist with the cost of retaining legal representation. At this time, the Irish rover had not been notified of any potential legal action on K's behalf. Months later, on April 3rd, K told The Cut that she was weighing legal action against both the publication and the university. Okay. Why? Because the university actually did what they were supposed to do and stayed out of the fight? Interesting. In the Cut article, Professor K no longer claimed that absolutely no interview had occurred, as she had tweeted on October 13th. Um, Mr. DeRule had informed me the Cut, informed the Cut reporter that he had proof of their interview. Professor K discussed uh, with the reporter her memory of the conversation with him, confirming that the process had been opened by introducing himself. Okay. How many times have we seen this with me and how many times have we seen this with Clifton French too? Where uh, a perfect example is the OnlyFans teacher over at the Starbase Academy, right? She claimed that she didn't have an OnlyFans and then she claimed that her OnlyFans didn't have any nudity and then that was exposed. And then she claimed that um, there weren't any interviews or anything like that were conducted, but again, there were, and, and she, she, she kept lying about the whole thing. The story kept changing. She claimed that her, that her boss didn't know about it and that her fired her. Then she claimed that her boss gave his blessing for her to do only fans and had actually encouraged her to do a couple of very specific things. Her boss is 
ex-boss. It's probably a subscriber. I don't know. In the first week of April, uh, Derulo received from Professor K's lawyer a letter of intent to sue the rover for defamation. The letter also demanded that the rover retract the October 12th and March 22nd articles so as to mitigate damages that may be awarded or recovered in the case. Uh, let's see. An apology should also be offered to Dr. Tamra K, the letter added. Yeah, no. Stick to your guns, folks. Stick to your guns. She's got no case here. They went on to say that Professor K's baseless public campaign and lawsuit notwithstanding in Notre Dame, the Rover staff is um, sticking to their guns, that they will not be silenced. Good for them. Good for them. Seems like they have all of the evidence, and she's just a little butt hurt that they exposed her. <laughs> like I said, we haven't had any experience with that, have we? MNC News time is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. also want to thank the MNC Nation for tuning in, all three radio stations in the audience today, and of course online on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey the host. You can also watch on kick.com and twitch.tv at Casey the host if you prefer. So most of you have heard of Make-A-Wish Foundation. Make-A-Wish Foundation, again, is an organization that is nationwide that helps grant wishes to children who receive a devastating diagnosis. And, you know, those medical problems, they bring a series of emotional trauma for both the patient and their families. And one of the things that can help with that is granting a child a wish. And we've heard stories about celebrities granting wishes and that sort of thing. But, you know, we play some videos on the live stream during some of the commercial breaks of some of the wishes that some of these kids have had that have been brought to reality because of Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it's honest, it's stunning the lengths that Make-A-Wish will go to make sure that that wish happens. It's not always just a celebrity visit, folks. Sometimes it's much more elaborate and difficult to do. But Make-A-Wish makes it happen. And look, Make-A-Wish needs funds and sponsors and things like that to make those wishes come true. And that's why they're asking me to talk to all of you. On August 17th, Make-A-Wish is hosting an invitation-only fundraising event. The 2023 Wine Walk will be at the Elkona Country Club in Bristol, which is a beautiful place. Make-A-Wish is looking for community leaders as well as business owners for sponsorships and to learn more about the great work that they do for sick children in northern indiana and they would like you to get involved so we hope that you will get involved we hope that you will attend the wine walk 2023 if you want more information all you have to do is text the word wish right now to 45364 again text the word wish for more information and to make a reservation for the 2023 wine walk october or excuse me august 17th text the word wish right now to 45364 in case you're curious, all of the money raised stays right here, helps local families. It doesn't go to the national apparatus to be farmed out. It stays here. So we raise the money for kids here, and the money is used for kids here. Again, text the word WISH to 45364. All right. Well, the Bidens have finally decided to acknowledge that uh, they have a seventh grandkid. And wouldn't you know it, the news media is doing exactly what we told you they were going to do. The news media is like, well, he's acknowledged his kid now, so you can't use that against him. Bull. Look, it took four years for the family to acknowledge the child. And it only is being, the child is only being acknowledged. It's only happening because the polling is so bad on this. Because it doesn't matter where you are politically. If you're left, you're right, you're center. Abandoning a child is bad. And everybody kind of understands that. 
Um, and you you get you can run around, you can try and say that it's not that big of a deal or whatever. I mean, there was this whole exchange that happened on It's Not News at CNN over the weekend, and, and CNN was basically out there trying to say that, um, well, you know, because Hunter Biden is an addict, you know, we have to have compassion for addicts. I'm sorry, being an addict does not give you an excuse to abandon your child. And also, the guest, I don't know who it was, and I apologize, I don't have the article in front of me, but... The guest made a great point, which I've made on the show before. Yeah, usually when you have a parent who abandons a child because of addiction or whatever, it's the grandparents who step up, but not with the Biden family. The Biden family chose to ignore their seventh grandchild. But see, it wasn't just the Biden family who put up a stocking for their dog, but not for their grandchild at Christmas. It wasn't just the Biden family who ignored Navy Biden. It was the news media. The vast majority of the news media chose to ignore this little girl, too. Now, again, I understand all of the talking points and everything else, and and frankly, practical advice. Navy is probably better off without Joe and Hunter in her life. You're probably right. I think that is a safe bet, okay? However, if you're going to cultivate this image of I'm Mr. Grandpa, I'm old Uncle Joe, I'm the guy who calls my grandkids every single day. He's repeatedly telling everybody you can't cultivate that image while ignoring that one of your grandchildren even exists. You know, it is, of course, the problem with this is that you could not, as a grandparent, you could not acknowledge the seventh grandchild and then continue to have Hunter Biden so central to your image. So you had to choose one. You had to choose the grandkid or you had to choose your child, the screw up who abandoned her. And Joe Biden and Jill Biden chose the screw-up who abandoned his child. That's what they did. And they did it for political reasons. Like I said, Navy is going to be better off without the Biden family. I agree with the vast majority of you in saying that. However, it is important to point out that they're now running around, the news media is now running around and going, well, you know, he's, he's acknowledged the grandchild now. You can't use that against him anymore. The only reason he didn't acknowledge the grandchild was because Hunter Biden was an addict. Hunter Biden has allegedly not been an addict now for several years, right? So... I mean, Coke being found inside the White House, notwithstanding, why didn't the grandparents step up? People Magazine is even acknowledging that the Biden family has another grandchild. Now, for the record, there are people at Politico and other places that have written about, you know, the Bidens having seven grandkids. But it was just a few weeks ago when you asked the Bidens how many grandkids they had, they said six. We did a whole thing on it. Joe Biden himself said he has six grandkids just a couple of weeks ago. Now he says he has seven. But when he acknowledged the seventh grandchild, by the way, there wasn't any affection There wasn't any love. There wasn't any regret that we hadn't done sooner. It was all purely from a legal standpoint. That's all it was. There there was no loving grandparent behavior in the way that they acknowledge Navy's existence. Now, People Magazine acknowledges Navy, basically because Joe Biden said, all right, you can all go talk about Navy now. On Friday, People Magazine ran an exclusive PR statement from Joe and Jill Biden announcing that After four years, they are finally acknowledging their seventh grandchild, Navy Joan Roberts, who, by the way, is not allowed to use the Biden name. So if you want to talk about the Biden family finally being magnanimous and acknowledging Navy, where were they for four years and why did they support an effort to forbid the child from using the Biden family name? Which they did. Part of the the latest legal settlement, remember, was that Navy got some artwork from her dad. The child support was dropped from $20,000 a month to $5,000 a month. And 
Navy is forbidden from using the Biden family name. Yeah, that's real compassionate. Anyway, the same day, the publication dramatically altered a months-old article titled Joe Biden's Seven Grandchildren, Everything to Know, to include four-year-old Navy after her name was initially omitted from the article. In the original article, People Magazine writes gushing paragraphs about each of the Biden grandchildren, but refuses to even mention Navy by name, instead opting to address her with two curt legalist paragraphs about Hunter's court-ordered paternity test. Well, they went back and they altered that. So, guess that was nice of them. I mean, just the fact that the media is now out there acknowledging Navy, just after the Bidens, okay, we have to acknowledge Navy now, because otherwise we're, we're going to be in big trouble going forward. NBC's, um, who is it? Does it was, hold on, sorry, pop up. Hallie Jackson on Friday's edition of Hallie Jackson Now. NBC News Chief White House Correspondent Peter Alexander reacted to former Vice President Joe Biden finally acknowledging the existence of his seventh grandchild in public by stating that it really is on brand with the uh, former vice president to acknowledge his entire family, to embrace family, Alexander said. Oh, it's, it's on brand for Biden to acknowledge his family, huh? After four years. And only... And only because of the polling. (laughs) Wow. Shameful. Like I said, it's not just the Biden family who refused to acknowledge Navy was alive. It was most of the news media who was running cover for Joe Biden. Very few people ever asking him questions about it. Anybody who did ask him questions about it were shut down by the White House communications staff immediately, including uh, Karine Jean-Pierre just a couple of weeks ago. And now everybody's just running around because we're coming into an election where he's not polling very good. Coming into an election where this is a losing issue for him. Him running around talking about being Grandpa Joe and calling his grandkids every single day, except for one, of course, that he won't even acknowledge. It's not going to be a good look heading into a campaign when you have a Christmas stocking hung up at the White House for your dog who bites Secret Service agents all the time, but not your seventh grandchild. So finally, he's acknowledged because of the polling, because of the politics, not because he wanted to. And Jill and Joe Biden didn't even acknowledge Navy in a compassionate, loving way. And now the news media will be out there telling you, well, no, he's acknowledged his grandkid. You can't, you can't possibly hold that against him. Now. Just like when eventually they're going to charge Ray Epps for January 6th stuff, only because they want you, right before the election, to stop saying, hey, uh, the one guy that we have evidence of actually you know, pre-planning this breach of the Capitol, you didn't charge him with anything. Not only have you not charged him with anything, you're defending the guy. And saying he's innocent, allowing him to sue Fox News and what have you. It's all designed to be able to take the narrative and twist it up into knots. How many times, though, do you think that Joe Biden is going to visit Navy? How many phone calls to Navy do you think Joe Biden and Jill Biden are going to make? How many Christmas gifts do you think Navy is going to get from Joe and Jill? You think the news media is going to tell you about that? Of course not. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, you can watch the live stream on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey the host. If you're on Rumble, please hit subscribe and also hit that thumbs up button. I would appreciate that. All right, so two stories about Facebook. One involving Biden, one involving the executive branch of government by default Biden. So, Facebook, this is according to Reclaim the Net, Facebook felt pressure from outraged Biden White House to remove posts. So this is a continuation of the threatening 
nature from these requests to remove social media posts or block accounts or what have you from the Biden administration. We've already told you about some of the stuff that happened to Twitter from the Biden White House where they were threatened. And we we actually read you from those emails calling somebody a member of the disinformation dozen. There's a nasty piece of propaganda work trying to discredit political opponents in a time of crisis. Worse still, it wasn't happening out in the open on actual social networks, but behind the curtains of government and big tech collusion. And now with the new U.S. election looming large already, it's probably prudent if your party or political affiliation was on the wrong end of the stick the last time to try to fight against this repeating early and off, okay? The term disinformation doesn't actually refers to a conspiracy, to all effects, a conspiracy theory, that there were only 12 people in the world who are behind COVID vaccine criticism back in 2021. That is what the Biden administration wanted everybody to believe. It's kind of like when they were telling you that Russia, air quote, hacked the election, even though Russia never actually hacked anything. Uh, What they were referring to is Russian disinformation on social media, which they actually traced back to about a dozen accounts. But they're trying to claim that that dozen accounts or so was enough to infect the minds of all Americans, or at least a large portion of America. Now, it is time to face the political piper, as it were. Documents have emerged to show that Facebook at the time played along with the disinformation dozen, which again, the theory is that only 12 people in the world were behind COVID vaccine criticism in 2021, which we obviously know that that is not the case. It never was the case. It was a crazy conspiracy theory that the government pushed anyway, but Facebook played along. Okay, Uh, let's see. The disinformation dozen game related not only to original posts, but also to memes and went to significant to the significant, no doubt, trouble of changing its entire policy to suit the narrative rendered under pressure from Biden's Surgeon General. But as always, eventually, what does a big tech giant do to appease the permanent power center? supported or not by some current White House. And so we are now learning that Meta wasn't thrilled about it, but felt that it had to play along to acquiesce to government pressure, which is pretty much what Twitter, the Twitter files were actually telling us. So the Twitter files showed that there were times that Democrats and the federal government were telling Twitter to censor, censor accounts, take uh, posts down, that sort of thing. And Twitter knew it was wrong. And they had internal communications about it being wrong, but they did it anyway. And they didn't tell anybody. There were times where Democrats were making the demand, even though the posts that they were demanding be taken down were factually accurate. And you had internal communications at Twitter saying the same thing. Did Twitter fight back against that? No. Twitter took it down, even knowing that the posts they were removing were accurate. Well, Meta, Facebook... We now have internal communications from Meta that basically say the exact same thing. That they knew what was being done was wrong. They knew that they were being manipulated. But they were doing it. They were going to go along with it anyway. And they claim out of fear of the Biden White House. Nice. There's a whole big report about this in Reclaim the Net. I'll put it in the Daily Show prep today at BT media.news you may want to check the storefront at btmedia.news new product drop today kpl is now an official hashtag of this program it's kpl because i can't actually tell you what the words are because it'll be censored got more coming up casey hendrickson 
I, I just posted a link in the live chat on Rumble. Do yourself a favor and just go read it. Just, just have, just honestly, have some fun with it. Enjoy yourselves. You're welcome. I'm, um, I'm glad that I, glad that I, uh, that I could help your brighten your day. Casey Hendrickson here, 95.3 MNC in the all new MNC Nation. All right, what do we got here? Uh, we've got Paul Rubens. Pee Wee Herman has passed away. Um, by the way, he issued an apology before he passed away, or I guess posthumously, to fans for keeping his six-year battle with cancer private. So uh, another celebrity's passed away here. Had several of them go um, pretty quickly here. Uh, the FBI has engaged in warrantless surveillance, this time over legal gun sales on Facebook. In a striking case bearing on privacy rights, a Texas man found himself under unwarranted surveillance by federal authorities after posting his personal firearms for sale on Facebook. The man had not violated any laws, yet the ATF uh, transferred his personal data to the FBI, which then kept him under scrutiny for six months. So if you try to sell a gun, I just want to make sure I get this straight. If you try to sell a gun on Facebook, which you're allowed to do, the FBI will surveil you for six months. But if you make terroristic threats and you're a jihadist, the FBI, if they ever get involved, may interview you one time and then leave you alone. Just so we're clear. How many times have we done a story about a mass shooter, mass public shooter, that has been known to authorities, had made threats, had one interview, maybe from local police, sometimes maybe the FBI, and then there's nothing that they can do. Uh, We can't just uh, in perpetuity surveil this person. But if you try to sell your guns legally on Facebook, they will surveil you for at least six months. Okay? Just just so we're clear. If you lay a pipe bomb down at the headquarters of the RNC and the DNC, they're not going to investigate. They won't even release the surveillance footage to the public so people can help them investigate if they don't have any leads. But they will track you down if you didn't go into the Capitol, but you were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. They will track you down over two years later. Just so we're clear. So I wanted to make sure we understood what was going on. If your name is Hillary Clinton, you won't get prosecuted for breaking the law, but if you are somebody else who does the exact same thing as Hillary Clinton, you will be prosecuted. Got it. Like I said, you live in a two-tier justice system, folks. The the truth, not your friends. Well, I mean, the truth is your friend, but it's not, you know what I mean. Sorry, I got sidetracked jumping ahead to the next story. You know what I mean. Toby Keith is being attacked over a song. They're claiming that he is advocating for police violence. The song is... I don't know. How long has the song been around? It's, um, it's a beer for my horses song. What, 21 years or something like that? <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me, the stuff that they will dig up. So anyway, uh, Newsweek is reporting that the 21-year-old Keith song is pro-lynching. Their source for this uh, pro-lynching take on this is a single person on TikTok. Okay, um, let's see... Grandpappy told my pappy back in the day, son, a man has to answer for the wicked that he done. Take all the rope in Texas, find a tall oak tree, round up all them bad boys, hang them in the tree for all the people to see. Yeah, okay. We got too many gangsters doing dirty deeds. We got too much corruption, too much crime in the streets. It's time the long arm of the law put a few in the ground, literally advocating for police violence and police killing. I mean, that's that's not what it's advocating for, but okay. You know, it's amazing to me how many people who attack me and attack Toby Keith and attack anybody else really need dictionaries. Like, a lot of them need dictionaries. Real dictionaries. Not, not the weird, like, definition fluid dictionary that Webster is floating out there now. Because Webster's will change the definition of any word just so it helps 
the woke identity. Webster, I don't know if you follow Webster's, but Webster's on social media, they tell you exactly who they are. Webster's is not a credible dictionary anymore. Webster's will change the definition of words to help liberal advocates. They do it all the time. So you need to find yourself some like dictionary from the 90s or something that hasn't been molested with this nonsense. All right. So anyway, the um, Louder with Crowder website, let's set aside the first line quoted is sung by Willie Nelson. And uh, we here at louderwithcrowder.com website will not allow any Willie Nelson slander. The song is a Western. They aren't singing about 2020 or even 2002. When the song came out, they're singing about the Old West, or the mythology of it at least. Movies like Silverado, Young Guns, where Kevin Costner and Emilio Estevez's characters were said to be hung at high noon for committing crimes. Spoilers, they're both white people. I cleaned up the language a little bit there. You know, every time Halloween rolls around, so we're getting ready to deal with this here in a couple of months, somebody will have a hanging effigy. And inevitably, there will be news articles, there will be news stories, the nightly news will do whole things about how this is racist because of lynching. As if somehow, some way, only black people were lynched in the United States. That's not the case. In fact, the numbers are pretty stark. Um, white people, vast majority of the lynching victims in the United States of America over the years, But that always gets left out of the news coverage because it's always about pushing a narrative, even if the narrative is false, which it almost always is. Uh, So Toby Keith, I I doubt he's going to care anything about this, but it is kind of funny. We thought it was hysterical that Jason Aldean was catching flack for his song, uh, Try That in a Small Town, when the song came out last May. It's just that the music video finally got done. The music video used actual footage of riots from Antifa and PLM, not just BLM. Um, although it would have been fine if they did just use BLM. But it used Antifa too. Like, mostly it was Antifa. It wasn't even mostly BLM. But nonetheless, even Fox News is like, nope, you can't use our news coverage of what happened in the streets as you know, evidence of, of, of uh, what happened in your song. Can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. But this is 21 years old. I mean, that song was at least just back in May and nobody knew about it. But this song is 21 years old has been a banger on country music for a long time because mostly because you know country now is you know awful um so occasionally when you get a good song that floats around it's like well it kind of hangs out for a while it doesn't really go away but this is you know when you have these young people who don't have any one they don't have any perspective um and i don't mean that about all young people i'm talking about these people who are criticism they're critical of this type of stuff they don't have any actual historical perspective. They don't understand the history of any of that at that time. So they buy into things like the 1619 Project. They don't know anything about it. They don't know that the person who created the 1619 Project has admitted it's all crap. They don't know that historians say it's all crap. They get mad at people like Ron DeSantis because of what's happening with the educational standards in Florida. Even though the educational standards in Florida were written by black scholars, some of whom were actual civil rights advocates and are legends in the civil rights movement. And then after the curriculum was written by them, a separate group of black scholars approved of the curriculum. But it's all a white supremacist rewriting of history, according to Hakeem Jeffries and a bunch of other nincompoops in Washington, D.C., who are disingenuous liars. That's kind of where we're at. So Toby Keith is getting the Jason Aldean treatment, which means, by the way, a bunch of people who are probably younger, have never heard beer from my horse, or is is a horse or horses? I don't know, sorry. Uh, Never heard of it before. Suddenly, they're going to be interested in the song, and just like Jason Aldean, now that song is going to start charting again. Jason Aldean, uh, again, number one song 
uh, in the country for the time while everybody's being all super critical about it. Uh, coming up in a couple of minutes, I just I want to play this because it's kind of like an update on what happened with the Joe Biden stuff that we we're talking about earlier. That Joe Biden is now finally acknowledging his seventh grandchild. And so the news media has now been given the okay to actually admit that Navy exists, and they're using it as a way to take away the whole Joe Biden has abandoned his grandchild. His son abandoned her, and the grandparents have sided with the son for abandoning the kid. Now they've abandoned the child as well because it wasn't polling very good. But I always want to take the very first question from the news media that Joe Biden was asked about his granddaughter that he now acknowledges and the news media is constantly defending Joe Biden now the whole weekend Joe Biden acknowledges his grandchild stop saying that they acknowledge her you can't you can't use that against them anymore I want to remind everybody I want this to go down in your memory when we come back I'm going to play you the very first question about Navy after the Bidens officially acknowledge her existence for the first time in four years. And I want you to hear Joe Biden's reaction. Just so everybody has a crystal clear idea of what the Bidens actually think about Navy and her mom and the fact that she's a Biden. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. You're going to tell about MyPillow.com. I know they make great pillows, and, and I've given you great deals using promo code Casey at MyPillow.com. But let's just say you've got um, you got a leftist professor who's at the University of Notre Dame who's a little upset that the school paper has written an article factually quoting her, and she doesn't like that. So she wets the bed at night. That's not a good situation to be in. You ruin your mattress, you ruin your sheets, it stinks, the whole thing. So do yourself a favor. If you've got any leftist professor friends over at the University of Notre Dame or any other university, that frankly we've got a lot of them around here, make sure you get them a MyPillow mattress protector because right now they are half off with promo code Casey at MyPillow.com. They've got a perfect five-star urine-resistant rating over at MyPillow.com. Again, the MyPillow mattress protector for as little as $39.99 will help keep your mattress completely free of soil. Uh, They're waterproof. They're soft and durable. Protective backing. Ten-year warranty made right here in the United States of America, which really irritates those leftist communist lovers. 60-day money-back guarantee. Promo code Casey. Get half off your MyPillow mattress protector today. All right, cue my audio, please. The Biden family is being protected by the news media. The Biden family now, once again, acknowledging their seventh grandchild for the very first time publicly over the weekend. So, naturally, a reporter is going to ask, hey, you know, after four years, you finally acknowledged your granddaughter. So, what's up with that? So, this is this is Biden's first question about his granddaughter after publicly acknowledging that she exists for the very first time in four years. Meeting with the I'm wondering if you have a comment on this report and court filing out of Arkansas that your son Hunter just made you a grandfather again. No, that's a private matter. I have no comment. But only you would ask that. You're a good man. You're a good man. Thank you guys. This is all the time we have. Ah. Hey, um, it, it sure seemed like Joe Biden's a little butthurt there. The reporter's just asking him a question about, hey, you, you've got another grandkid. Nah, it's a private matter, but only you would ask that. You're you're real classy. You're a good guy. 
Yeah. I just want everybody to kind of remember the very first time that Joe Biden was asked about his granddaughter after acknowledging her for the very first time in four years. He snapped at the reporter for even bringing it up. So, again, this isn't about actually acknowledging his grandkid, not accepting his grandkid into their life. This is about polling. It's about politics. Not a single eighth grader at LeBron James's I Promise School has passed the state math test in over three years. Not a single one. Wow. When LeBron James dropped into Akron with great fanfare and media coverage in 2018, promising to fund a new sort of school to help educate young people in his hometown, many hailed him as just the savior the city needed. But did James's I Promise School fulfill its promises? Test scores are showing that it has not. Even the Akron school board members are beginning to question James's commitment to actual education and wondering if it was more about burnishing his reputation as a philanthropist than a serious effort to reform and reinvigorate education. Last week, members of the Akron School Board began taking a closer look at James's so-called I Promise School and found that real academic achievements are few and far between. The state of Ohio has also found problems, which I'm sure they will blame on racism and Republicans being overzealous and targeting him. I'm sure that that's going to happen. But anyway, this is as of um, uh, this weekend. Yahoo News, two of I Promise's biggest subgroups of students, black students and those with disabilities, are now testing in the bottom 5% in the state. Landing the school on the Ohio Department of Education's list of those requiring targeted intervention. Akron School Board President Derek Hall said that he was disappointed by the school's serious deficits. For me, as a board member, I just think about all the resources that we're providing, and I just, I'm just disappointed. And I don't think it's, it doesn't appear like we're seeing the kind of change that we would expect to see. <clears throat> well, okay. I mean... I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. I, you know, it's you could say that it's not LeBron's fault. I suppose he's probably not at all involved in any of the operation of the school. He probably just fronted some money and put his name on it, hoping to recruit students and that sort of thing. But nonetheless, it has failed miserably. There is no doubt about that. Um, it has been an unmitigated disaster, and it has failed at every step of the way. Uh, let's see. Uh, Yellow, one of the largest U.S. trucking companies in the country, is now shut down after financial problems and a dispute with the uh, Teamsters Union. They're expecting what, about 30,000 people could lose their jobs. I, I know of one individual personally in my inner spheres lost a job as a result of that. So it's what company's been around with 99 years and it's officially closing its doors. The Supreme Court has also temporarily blocked a ghost gun ruling by a federal judge. Keep an eye on this case. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito on Friday temporarily blocked a lower court's decision to strike down a regulation aimed at reining in privately made firearms known as ghost guns that are difficult for law enforcement to trace. The action by Alito, who handles emergency matters arising from a group of states, including Texas, effectively freezes the litigation as the court weighs a request on Thursday from former Vice President Joe Biden's administration to reinstate the rule pending an appeal. Alito put the case on hold for one week until August 4th, gave the rules challengers until August 2nd to respond to the administration's request. The administration asked the justices to halt the Texas-based federal judge's nationwide ruling that invalidated a Justice Department restriction on the sale of ghost gun kits. While it appears 
uh, excuse me, appeals the New Orleans-based Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, and the administration also warned that allowing the judge judge's ruling to stand would enable an irrelevant, excuse me, an irreversible flow of laws, large numbers of untraceable guns into our nation's communities, which is, of course, uh, nonsense. The Justice Department's rules issued in 2022 to target the rapid proliferation of homemade weapons, bans buy, build, shoot kits without serial numbers that individuals can get online or at a store without a background check. And again, you're not buying a functional firearm. You are buying a chunk of plastic. And that chunk of plastic um, has to be finished in order to be a functional part of a firearm, and then you must procure everything else. So they tried to ban these things, and it took less than 10 seconds and of course we told you as we we were looking at it i was like hey boy sure seems like there's a massive flaw in this ruling doesn't it uh and sure enough it took less than 10 seconds for them to work around you know uh, selling these kits Uh, look here's here's the reality and i know i've said this a million times before i'm going to say it a million times in the future you have and always have had a constitutional and legal right to make your own gun. Now, if you're going to sell it, if you're going to transfer it to somebody, it's got to have that serial number on it. You're an FFL at that point. You better adhere to the law on that. But if you are going to make yourself a firearm for personal use, if you are legally allowed to own and possess one, you are allowed to do it. Whether that's with your own machine shop, whether that's with your own hand tools, or whether with if that's with a 3D printer. You are perfectly allowed to do that. Always have been, always will be. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC, MNC News Time is 531. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Studios, 40 years and 80,000 families. Trust your home to the B. Casey Hendrickson. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Got to tell you about Impressed Jewelry Creation. And here's the thing. I'm going to tell you about some men's stuff today. I've been telling you a lot about bridal and engagement stuff. But, you know, they've got men's jewelry. They've got knives. They've got belts and belt buckles from exotic leathers. Of course, custom engraving and inlets and things like that from mammoth fossils and all sorts of stuff. But they got amazing money clips and pens. And here's the thing. If you go to ImpressJewelers.com, you can take a look at a lot of this stuff right there on the website, including the amazing William Henry Knife Collection. Um, I own a William Henry myself, as most of you know. I'm a knife person, if you will, and I love my William Henry Knife. It is, again, domestic. It, uh, Damascus has got woolly mammoth uh, fossils in it, and it's just a, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. They've got this really, really nice knife. I mean, they're all nice, but they've got one that I'm particularly eyeballing right now trying not to add it to my collection the omni black and gold which is by william henry and it features a frame and hand forged um uh mokum gane it also has carbon fiber inlays it's got hornet's nest damascus by mike norris beautiful beautiful knife go check it out right now at impressjewelers.com again it's impressjewelers.com or visit their showroom in person at 1233 East University Drive in Granger, Indiana, right next to C. Kramer Interiors, and let Impress Jewelers know 
that I sent you. I know that everybody's talking about Devin Archer. You're probably wondering why I haven't been talking about it. Well, and that's because it's been a busy news day and everybody else is talking about it. So I'll let them do most of it. I'll do a little cleanup and we'll talk about uh, the fallout from it for the rest of the week. Devin Archer told the House Oversight and Accountability Committee that Hunter Biden was added to Burisma's board in 2014 specifically because of his family's brand and that it brought value at a time when the firm was facing corruption allegations from the United States, Great Britain, and even Ukraine's own prosecutor general. You already know that because we've already told you that. We already have an FBI 1023 form with a confidential human source that provided the FBI with that information years ago, and the FBI chose not to do a single thing about it. Devin Archer testified that the value of adding Hunter Biden to Burisma's board was the brand and confirmed that then-Vice President Joe Biden brought the most value to the brand. The committee said in a statement issued by Chairman James Comer that Archer also stated that Burisma would have gone under if not for the brand, meaning Biden, which we know. And friendly reminder, Joe Biden withheld a billion dollars in aid to Ukraine. Until Ukraine fired the prosecutor general, Victor Shokin. Victor Shokin was investigating Burisma, and he was also investigating Hunter Biden directly for various things. Victor Shokin was accused of being corrupt. Joe Biden withheld that billion dollars until they fired Victor Shokin. Victor Shokin was fired. We have the actual audio tape of the phone call with Joe Biden and the former president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko. They are good friends. And you have Poroshenko on the phone call, point blank, saying we have no evidence that Victor Shokin is corrupt. We have no evidence that uh, that he's done anything illegal. But I had him fired anyway because you asked me to. And then Poroshenko, then the president of the Ukraine, asked Joe Biden's blessing for the new prosecutor general to be appointed. He gave him by name. That prosecutor general is the head of Poroshenko's political party in Ukraine. And Joe Biden said, double thumbs up on this guy. He's dope. And that's the guy that the news media tells you, the former prosecutor general of Ukraine, says Joe Biden and Hunter Biden didn't do anything illegal. Get it? Got it? Good. Devin Archer also testified that the value of adding Hunter Biden to Brisbane's board was the brand and confirmed that uh, Joe Biden again brought the most value for that. Archer also directly contradicted Joe Biden's long-held claims that he never met with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates, telling the committee that America's current former vice president got on speakerphone more than 20 times with his son's business clients, which we had heard previous to his testimony that he was going to do. Archer also testified that Joe Biden did not engage in specific business on such calls. Instead, he was put on the phone to sell the brand. Now, the Democrats are spinning this as, well, Joe Biden didn't engage in any official business on these phone calls. Well, yeah, the Bidens are pretty smart about how they do business. But we do have Hunter Biden going, look, um, you're going to do what we want you to do because this is what the Bidens do. And I'm sitting right here with my dad and then dad hops on. Get the idea? After the interview, even Democrats are forced to acknowledge that Joe Biden had contacts with business associates of his son. And Comer accused the former vice president of misleading the American public, which, of course, he did on numerous things. So, again, Devin Archer, uh, he testified pretty much to what we knew he was going to testify today. And the early reports about what he was going to say ended up being, for the most part, pretty true. And the Democrats can spin this all they want. The fact of the matter is, Joe Biden did engage with business calls about business in Ukraine with his son's business associates, and that is something that Joe Biden for years has lied about. More coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. Podcasts by Federated Media.